guys have ever gone on Google to search for how to do something, how to fix something, the answer to a problem? Okay, most of us have. Those of you who haven't, I wonder if you know how to use Google. I'm just kidding. I, I know many of us, though, that, that get and un, understand what Google is, we, we go on there and ask questions. And these days, you can find answers to just about anything on Google. You can learn how to play an instrument uh, by typing in, you know, how do I play guitar? It'll pull up all these videos and websites and free material, how to play the piano or questions about uh, just random things. They have answers. And, but here's the one thing Google can't do. Google cannot lead you in the direction God has for your life. Only the Word of God can do that. And only knowing God's voice and His wisdom can truly lead you in the path He has for your life. You know, I was thinking about how Ashley and I, we love to give and receive gifts. Anybody else like to receive some gifts or give gifts? One of the things we do when we give each other a gift is we want, we want each other to immediately try it on or start using it. Like, I gave Ashley a pair of shoes this past year, and I couldn't wait for her to put them on and walk around in those shoes and just use them. Or she gave me a new wallet. My wallet was falling apart. She couldn't wait for me to, you know, use my new wallet, and uh, she couldn't wait to see me walking around with it. And in the same way, God gives us gifts, and he can't wait to see us use them. And one of the gifts God gives us is the gift of common sense. The gift of common sense. It's almost like God's up there in heaven going, come on, use it, please, use it, you know? And here's the thing, and listen, we love to, you know, rely upon uh, all the other gifts that God gives us, but one of the gifts that can help us, along with the gift of faith, along with the gift of the Holy Spirit, is the gift of God's wisdom. The gift of God's knowledge and understanding. He gives us these wisdom nuggets in the book of Proverbs that if we'll apply them in our life, we can see great increase. You know, I remember in high school, every time a new girl came to school, the guys would be asking the, the question in the hallway, who is she, who is she, who is she, where is she from, what is she all about? You know, what do we know about her? Everybody say, who is she? Okay, so today I want to give you a brief introduction of who she is. Who is she? She is the voice of wisdom, the voice of wisdom. She and Proverbs chapter 1 is described as a voice of wisdom. In fact, she was here before. Is there like music playing behind me? Do, does anyone else hear the music? Just me? Okay, me and Cole. All right. <laughs> Maybe someone back there can stop playing their music. All right. Uh, but anyways, she is the voice of wisdom. In fact, she was here before the world began. Before the oceans were here, she was here. And wisdom was something that was created from the very beginning. That we, we were given wisdom. We see that God had wisdom from the beginning of time. And, and we can always point out when someone's not using wisdom, when someone's doing something foolish. You know, Solomon likens wisdom to a woman. He's not saying that women are wiser than men. Come on, men. We're wise too. But what he's saying is in, Hebrews, the, in Hebrew, the word wisdom, chakma, is actually a feminine uh, word. And, and we get this in Spanish, French, Hebrew. There's feminine and masculine words. In English, we don't really have that. But what Solomon does is he takes the feminine word, and all throughout the Proverbs, he talks about women or uh, wisdom as a she, wisdom as a woman. And in contrast, he talks about another woman, the other woman, called folly. He says, there's two women that are after your life, wisdom and foolishness. The wisdom that comes from uh, uh, God is going to lead you into success. But the folly of man, the foolishness, this other woman that's after your life, she's going to lead you down a path of destruction. So who is she? She is the voice 
of wisdom. I remember one time I was at my brother's, uh, one of my brother's birthday parties, and uh, there was this guy who got up on a diving board. We were at a pool, and he went, he went to do this, like, gainer. Do you all know what a gainer is? You want me to show you? <laughs> that would be foolish, okay? You would watch, that would end up on YouTube on ridiculousness, and it would have like a million views of just sadness, of, of watching me hurt. But basically, a gainer is where someone runs off the diving board and jumps backwards and does, like they're running forward, but they do a backflip into the water. All right, it's dangerous, but people can do it. How many of y'all can do a gainer? Or you know someone, <laughs> okay, you guys are awesome, or something like that. <laughs> Just be careful, because this is what happened to this guy. He ran off the diving board. He did the gainer, and as he was running, he didn't, run, he didn't jump late enough. He jumped a little too soon, and so when he was doing the back, he landed on the diving board, and then into the pool, and he hit his head. His head was bleeding, and he falls into the pool, and he gets out, and he's like, the show must go on. And everybody's watching him, and he's just got blood gushing from his head. So my dad runs and gets him like a bandage and wraps up his head. And he's like, bro, you got to be careful. Don't, don't try doing certain things that you've never tried before. You know, be wise. Wisdom's calling out in the streets and just trying to talk to him. And he's like, yeah, thanks, Pastor Billy Joe. And he walks outside, and he goes, the show must. And he gets back on the diving board to do it a second time. Literally, like 30 minutes after he's busted his head. So he gets back on the diving board. He goes, you guys ready for this? And we're going, no, no, somebody stop him. And he runs, and he does it again and lands on his head again on the diving board. Hits the same spot. Blood's coming down. And people are on the side just going, stupid. <laughs> this is so not smart right now. And, you know, as Christians, here's the thing. We don't like to say the words, I mean, stupid. It's kind of negative. But the truth is, when we're not using wisdom, we're walking in stupidity. We're walking in foolishness. And if, here's the thing. If, if you have, a failure is not a failure if you can learn from that experience. A failure is not a failure if you can learn from that experience, whatever it is, whether it's in health, marriage, relationships, finances. If we can learn from a mistake, then it's not necessarily a failure because we learned and we can apply what we learned in the future. And this is what wisdom does for us. We know who wisdom is. Why do we need her? Well, we need her because without her, we can't succeed. Without wisdom, we cannot succeed, right? God used wisdom to put the beach out there between the ocean and the land. How many are thankful for the beach? Come on. The Arkansas River Beach is awesome. <laughs> but you know, the beach, it's, it's beautiful. But you think, man, what wisdom that God realized, man, I want to have something. But that, that the ocean doesn't just run up onto the streets or up into the buildings. So he puts this beautiful sandbar. It says that God used wisdom. Before the foundations of the earth, wisdom was there. And God himself used wisdom, so why wouldn't we use wisdom? What is the purpose of wisdom? Well, the purpose is to instruct us, to give us knowledge, understanding, common sense, correction, rebuke, all in order to help save us from foolishness, destruction, and set us up for success. What are the benefits that wisdom brings? Well, a few of the benefits are protection. Proverbs says that when you have wisdom, it sets you up for protection. Wisdom brings health. You live longer. That the more you use wisdom and get wisdom, the more wisdom God gives you. So when we seek wisdom, God continues not only to give us the wisdom we get there, but even adding more wisdom into your life. The other thing wisdom does is it gives you a good reputation. 
That's something that money can't buy. Greater than gold, silver, and diamonds is a good reputation, a legacy worth leaving. How many of y'all would like some more wisdom in your life? Okay, more and more of us are realizing, man, I need this. In fact, Proverbs says that when you get wisdom, you have sound sleep. I don't know about you, but I want to sleep better. And so the more that we walk in wisdom, the more we're able to sleep. I want to sleep when the baby's crying so Ashley can get up and take care. I, I want the wisdom of God to sleep sound through that next baby that comes. Listen, wisdom can bring you better sleep. It can give you sound judgment. It gives you discernment. It helps your relationships. It helps your family. Raising teenagers or preteens or raising kids, it gives you all the wisdom. Where does, where does wisdom speak? Where does she speak? Well, it says that she speaks everywhere and to everyone. It says that she's at the intersections of life. I just want to give a shout out to all the graduates that just graduated ORU yesterday and will be graduating from high school or college this month. Well done. You finished that season. Now you're stepping into a new season. And the questions start popping up. Who, what, when, where? What do I do next? What now? How am I supposed to get a job? How am I supposed to do this next season? What am I going to do? Who am I going to live with? The roommates that you choose, right? The place that you live, the environment that you're in. All of these questions are good to bring to God's wisdom. To say, God, I need your wisdom on these decisions. I'm uncertain about the future. And if you're uncertain about the future, you're in the right place. Because faith is not faith without uncertainty. When you are walking in things that you don't know what's going to happen in the future, it causes you to trust in God and take a posture of humility and say, Lord, I need your wisdom. And he has it for you in this next season. Your best days are not behind you. They're in front of you if you'll take the wisdom of God and allow the Holy Spirit to direct your life and get saved, surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can walk into your best days yet. Amen, church? So this is where she speaks. She speaks everywhere. In fact, this week I was driving down the road and I was thinking about this scripture about Proverbs crying out at the intersections and I looked up and I saw the red light, right? That's wisdom, to stop when it's red. Because if you drive through that intersection when it's red, you could get up in an accident. You could end up in an accident, right? You could end up hurting someone else or hurting yourself. And so wisdom sometimes can sound like an alarm. It can sound like a fire alarm. Does that hurt anybody else's ears? <laughs> that fire alarm is not to make you feel bad about yourself. It's meant to warn you. Red flags. Tornadoes coming. When you hear the siren, the best time to take shelter is not when the tornado's upon you, but before it gets to you. That siren, that fire alarm is meant to say, get out, get out now. Get out of that relationship. Change the direction that your life is headed on. Because all of us want to succeed, and intentions are great, but intentions don't lead you to destinations. Direction leads you to destination. You can have all the intentions in the world to do good things and to see good results and to live healthy and be strong and successful and make lots of money. But if you don't put your feet in the path of your intentions, you will not end up at the right destination. I remember one time, I, our band, we had traveled to go play at a place, and this guy said, yeah, I'm putting up posters everywhere. It's going to be an incredible place, great venue. You guys are going to rock. And we had just graduated college. We were on a summer tour, and we show up at the place, and it ends up being in his living room at his house. <laughs> he gave us the address, and we didn't really, like, 
you know, zoom into the address on MapQuest to see what the venue was. We just took him at his word, and we show up there, and it's literally this guy's house, and it's his living room, and we had packed a whole U-Haul and sound system and drums, and so we're setting it up in this house with an eight, eight-foot ceiling, and there's only room for 20 people in there, and he goes, and we said, where's the people at? It's 7 p.m., he goes, oh, I knew I was forgetting something. I forgot to put up those posters, and he's like, hop in my van. Let's go to Walmart and invite some people. So we're like, okay, and the whole time I'm having this conversation in my mind with this voice, right, this wisdom voice saying, there's a lesson to be learned in this situation, (laughs) that a lack of preparation leads you to an unwanted destination. And it was like wisdom was saying, pay attention, Paul, pay attention. You do not want to do this. Learn from this lesson. So we went to Walmart. We're passing out posters. People are looking at it going, that's your face on this poster. And I was like, yes, and they're like, and this concert was supposed to start 15 minutes ago. And we were like, yes, we know. <laughs> They're like, this is foolish. We were like, yes, we know. <laughs> but see, wisdom can save you from a waste of time. Brad Paisley, a famous country singer, wrote a song called Letter to Me. And in this song, he was saying, I wish I could go back 25 years ago and write a letter to myself before I entered into my 20s. I wish I could go and write a letter to myself when I was a teenager. He said, I would tell myself to honor my dad more, to listen to my mom more. And all the parents said, amen. But, you know, he said, I wish that I would have told myself not to date that one girl or not to go to that one place, not to take that one job. Or, yes, you should have taken that job or you shouldn't have gotten offended at that person. And oftentimes, hindsight is always going to be 2020, right? We can't go back. You can't turn over the, the, the glass of sand. It's, it's pouring one direction. Life is like an hourglass glued to the table. You can't turn it around. But what you can do from this day forward is say, God, from this day on, I choose to get wisdom, to live with wisdom. Because it could save you heartache, heartbreak, wasted time. And that's what we want to do during this month is just lean in and say, God, what are, what are some things you say in the book of Proverbs that could help change my life? And the last question I want to camp out on right now is this question. What does she speak? What does she speak? What does she have to say to us? What is wisdom speaking? And obviously, there's 31 chapters. There's a lot that she has to say. But each weekend, I want us to dive in on a few Proverbs that could change your life. If you took these Proverbs, because we know this. Revelation is great. But revelation without application produces no All right, half the people are listening to my sermons. All right, revelation without application produces. I'm glad my wife's been listening. Okay, revelation without application produces no transformation. And so we want to take these Proverbs and not just hear them where they go in one ear and out the other ear, but let them sink down deep and say, Lord, help me to apply this so I can see the change that I want to see. Because we know that direction, not intention, determines destination. Okay, so let's look at this first proverb. Proverbs 27, verse 12. This is the NIV version. Proverbs 27, verse 12 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Notice that both see the same thing. They both see that something's coming, but they both respond differently. 
One responds with wisdom. The prudent is just another word in the book of Proverbs for wise, the wise person, the wise man, the wise woman. She can see the red flag. She can hear the tornado siren. She hears the fire alarm. She sees the danger ahead. And so she does something because the wise person understands that later is now, that tomorrow is connected to today, right? Wise people understand that life is connected. We can't keep drawing circles around individual events and saying, well, that, this has nothing to do with that. No, 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 no. The seeds you plant in this season produce the harvest you reap in the next season. The way you work today will bring the check you receive tomorrow. The promotion you get tomorrow depends upon the work you put in today. Farmers understand this the best. That the seeds they sow in this season and the way they till the soil and make sure that it gets watered and make sure it gets proper sunlight, that's producing the harvest they're going to reap in the next season. But for some reason, we don't apply this in all the other areas of life. We don't realize that this, this principle, whether you like it or not or whether you use it to your advantage or not, it's a principle. It's part of God's word. It's going to stand. And here's the thing. This principle applies to your health. It applies to your finances. It applies to your relationships, to family, to marriage, to walking with God. All those things come back to this principle. That the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer the penalty. Me and Ashley, we were on a road trip the first year of our marriage. We were driving down to Texarkana, and we were going to visit my Nana, and, uh, which I'm so thankful for my mom's mom in church this morning. Nana, we love you. Both my grandmas are in church this morning, Grand Grand and Nana. Nana, will you stand? Such a beautiful woman of God. We just want to honor you. Nana, you're amazing. We love you. You know, the book of Proverbs says, honor your elders and you will live long. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking in some wisdom right now. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, I think about this. Me and Ashley, we were driving down that street and Ashley saw a gas station. She looked at my gas tank. She said, Paul, it looks like the thing's pointing on E, empty. I think it's a good time to fill up with gas. I said, no, honey, I know my car. I've got at least 45 more miles left on this thing. Trust me, let's just drive until we get to the, like the 44th mile, and then I'll pull in and find a gas station. Foolishness, right? But I kept driving. I didn't listen to what she had to say. And we were driving, and it was dark. And we had just seen a TV show about a prison break. And we're, and we're driving past McAllister State Prison, and all of a sudden, my car stops on the highway in the dark, and we're literally like a mile from McAllister State Prison. And Ashley's looking at me, and she's like, you should have listened to me. And I was like, I'm sorry. You know, at least I had the, the wisdom to say I'm sorry. Come on, that's a good, good place to be. But listen to this. She said, I forgive you, but it doesn't change the consequences. Because forgiveness... No, don't miss this principle. This is so good. Forgiveness and consequences are two separate things. One doesn't override the other. One time I, I got a bad grade on my Spanish test, Cole, and, and it, was like, it was like a D. And I went to my teacher, and this was Spanish 203 at ORU, and so I went to him and I said, I'm so sorry. I wish I would have studied more. And he goes, Paul, I forgive you, but you still got the grade. <laughs> he forgave me, but it didn't change the grade I got. Because forgiveness and consequences are two separate things. And this is where wisdom cries out. You know, it's, it's, the grace of God is amazing. The grace of God can take us from whatever bad decisions we've made and put us back on the right track, get us into heaven. 
But how many you know that God wants us not just to get into heaven, he wants us to live heaven on earth as well. That he wants us to have healthy lives here. That he wants us to live longer here. He wants us to have a good marriage here. He wants us to have a good family here. He wants us to have a good job. And, 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 and all these decisions play into when you see danger and you know it's coming, take shelter. Act before you have to act down the road in a much more desperate situation. Joseph, man, he took advantage of this principle. Right in the Old Testament, Joseph saw this vision. He knew a famine was coming in the land of Egypt. He could have said, that's not my responsibility. Someone else has got to take care of these people. I'm not going to save up for them. I'm going to spend what I got now and make the most of it, and then I'm going to die when the famine comes. But instead, Joseph said, no, I want to live through the famine, and I want to help other people live too. And so he inclined his ear to wisdom, he applied it, he saved up so that when the famine came to Egypt, Joseph had enough food to help take care of not only the Egyptians, but even the Israelites, his own brothers who abandoned him and hurt him. How many of y'all know that's wisdom right there? It set him up for success. It saved a whole nation. But there's, there's two responses we can have when we see danger. One, we can take refuge, or two, we can keep going and suffer for it. There's a, another story in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7. Let's turn there together. Proverbs chapter 7 is an interesting proverb, and uh, it has to do with relationships. It has to do with seeing a red flag in, in a situation where you may need to take shelter or act immediately in this situation. And so I, I'm going to ask for some help. I'm going to ask Alan Pat Richardson to hop up here because... These two are just secure in their relationship. They've been married 61 years this June 4th. <laughs> Would you guys mind acting out Proverbs 7 for me? It's going to get wild, okay? If you, get, if you get upset, write an email to the Bible because it's all in the Word of God. Okay, Miss Pat, I need you to stand over here. And Mr. Al, I need you to stand over here on this side. And this is what, this is what, I'm Solomon in this situation. I'm going to put myself up here. Solomon was the king, right? He's the one who wrote Proverbs. And he says this. He says, um, verse 6, right? He says, from the window of my house, I looked through the lattice. And I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. Now, just so you know, Mr. Al is one of the wisest guys I know, and he's so secure in his wisdom that he's able to do this skit. So give him a big hand one more time. He's not <laughs> void of understanding. <laughs> but he says, I, I looked, and I saw this man, and he was passing along the street. Now, Mr. Al, I want you to walk past that beautiful woman over there that you married. He says, I saw him walking near her corner, and she was beautiful. She was winking at him. <laughs> now, I need you to come back over here, Mr. Mr. Al. Come back over here. But you, <laughs> oh, he can't keep his eyes off of her. He can't keep his eyes off of her. Okay, now you, you can keep looking at her, but this is what happens, right? Solomon's watching all of this from a different perspective. He sees it from the window, but put yourself in the man's shoes. This man is excited, man. He sees a beautiful girl. He's walking near her house. He's got this song playing in the back of his head. I want you to just kind of walk with this music as you see this beautiful woman. Go ahead. You can cut the music. This is just ridiculous. This is so fun. I'm sorry. I have too much fun in church. But watch this. Watch what happens. Watch. 
Give them a big hand. This is so fun. It says, there was this woman, and she met him out on the street. She had the attire of a harlot. Now, you don't have that. You're such a beautiful woman of God. You're secure in who you are. But in this skit, in this drama, she, here she is. She's beautiful. She's grabbing his attention. And it says that as she was uh, at this corner, she was rebellious. She had this loud. And this is, the, this is the other opposite of wisdom that Solomon was talking about, folly. Now, obviously, we know Miss Pat is one of the wisest women in this church. But she's secure enough to be in this drama. And it says that when he came over near her, she pulled him in. Now, Solomon was hearing a different song while he was watching this. Mr. Al, I want you to start walking towards her. And this is the song that Solomon was hearing. <laughs> All right, give them both a big hand. Y'all can take a seat. Thank you for acting in my drama on the spot. But do you get what I'm saying here? That here, Solomon sees these stories, these moments, and he says, listen, look ahead, pay attention. Watch what he goes on to say in Proverbs 7, verse, verse um, uh, 21. With her enticing speech, she lured him to yield to her. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost him his life. How important is it for us to listen to wisdom, for us to get this? It could save us heartache, heartbreak. It could save us ending up in a situation where we knew we should have yielded. Right when the tornado siren goes off, don't wait until the tornado's right above your head to act. Act now. To the wise, later is now. Pay now so you can play later. Right? Save now so that you'll have enough later. When you don't have money to spend, don't spend. Right? If you desire to be healthy down the road, then diet now. Because what you do now will bring the harvest that you reap later. This is what the wisest man in the world says. This is the principle of seed time and harvest. We understand it with finances, but we've got to start applying it in every area of our life. You know, I think about as Solomon's watching this, you know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, this man doesn't understand that his destiny is more important than his hormones. That the purity of your life is more important than the pleasure of a moment. Because, yeah, you could get that pleasure in that moment, right? I mean, you could, you could get that pleasure that you want. You see it right now. It's midnight, you want that pizza, you want to drink that Mountain Dew, you want to get those chicken wings, but deep down inside, you know your intentions are to be healthy, your intentions are to be thinner, your intentions are to uh, be stronger, and yet that temptation is luring you. Come eat me, the pizza's crying out to you. Order me more chicken wings, right? More Mountain Dew, more Dr. Pepper, but the more that we yield to that, it's like that Jaws music, right? Solomon is saying, hey, don't, don't do it. Because if you desire to have a better destination, then you got to get your feet on the right path. Are you receiving this wisdom from God this morning? So what does wisdom ask of me and of you? Number one, wisdom asks us to submit to God and his wisdom for our lives. The greatest decision we can make in this life is to submit and surrender to God. Solomon said in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Lean not to your own. All 
Trust in the Lord. I'm testing to make sure you're listening. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Here's the point. Divine direction comes with total submission. If you want divine direction, you've got to be unconditionally submitted. Whether you feel like it or not, whether it's enjoyable in the moment, whether it's easy or not, submit yourself to the Lord. Right? Submission is not an easy thing. Oftentimes our flesh craves happiness. We're either on two quests, a quest for happiness or a quest for wisdom. Happiness is, is like what the world says. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. If you feel like going out with her, do it. If you feel like going out with them, do it. If you feel like buying that thing, do it. If you feel like spending that money, do it. If you feel like doing those things, do it. But the truth is, it might be happy for a moment, but it's a pathway towards destruction in the end. Right? It sets us up with regrets. Wishing, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have listened to wisdom. And we're either on a happiness quest or we're on a wisdom quest. You know, I love this story of this woman in our church. She was an usher. She is an usher. And she went through a really painful relationship breakup, a divorce, and it left her just hurt, hurting in her heart. And she started uh, eating and eating more and more and binging on food and to the point where she gained over 100 pounds during this season. And, and she said, I knew deep down inside that I had a better desired destination. I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to move on. I wanted God to bless me with a healthier relationship, but I was I was. I was letting my feelings cue my, my decisions. And oftentimes, we're letting our feelings rule the direction for our life. We're letting our feelings, we're taking our cues from what we feel like doing instead of doing what God's told us to do. And she said, it didn't come until this one night I decided I was gonna surrender that, that area of my life, my health, to God. And she said, when I did, I said, Lord, I wanna, I wanna seek your wisdom. Deep down inside, I want a healthier life, but I've not been making the decisions that line up with that intention in my heart. She said, I surrender to God. In the last year, just in the last 12 months, she has lost 98 pounds. She's happier. She's healthier. She walks these. And listen, she is a testimony. She's a trophy of God's wisdom and mercy in her life. She's at a way better place in her heart, in her health, in her outlook, her perspective, the way she relates with other people. And maybe you're here today, and maybe there's an area in your life that you'd like to see better results in. Well, God's saying, yes, speak the words of faith. Yes, pray the words of faith, but act with the wisdom of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, and let the wisdom of God come through your life so that you can get in the right destination. I'm preaching this series for me just as much as it is for anyone else in this room. I need wisdom. I want it. But God says, yield to me. Yield to my ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Ironically, Solomon, who wrote that verse, left that posture of surrender. Solomon started off his, his reign as king asking God for wisdom. On his knees, Lord, I need you. God, I'm all yours. I'm yours. And God blessed him with wisdom, with wealth, with people coming from all over the kingdom to help him. But it, it got to his head. He started opting for man's wisdom instead of God's wisdom. He started opting for political wisdom, conventional wisdom, instead of God's wisdom. He started marrying women. In 1 Kings 11, verse 1 through 4, we hear the story, we read the story, that Solomon started marrying women from other nations 
in order to make peace with these nations. He, he married Pharaoh's daughter, thinking, man, if I marry Pharaoh's daughter, then Israel will have peace with Egypt. And then if I marry the king of the Hittite's daughter, and the king of the Hivite's daughter, and the king of the Ammonite's daughter, then we'll have peace with all the people around us. Conventionally, it sort of made sense. I mean, Solomon ended up getting 700 wives. Trouble, trouble, trouble. All right? <laughs> when you find a wife, you find a good thing. Just keep one, all right? Go with that one. But Solomon, he got 700, got more and more. And it says that when he married these more, each, with each woman that he married, she lured his heart further away from God to serve the foreign gods of those nations. And so as he linked himself, see, this is good. The people you associate yourself with will determine the direction your life goes. You want a good destination? Surround yourself with some faith-filled people. Surround yourself with some wise counsel. This is, oh my word, this is so important. I know this may not be the most exciting, like, go get a message, but I'm telling you, this message could save your life. Lean in, wisdom, Lord, we need it. And God says, yield to me, trust in me. When you don't know what the next season holds, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own conventional wisdom or political wisdom or what men might be whispering in your ear to do. Listen to the Lord. Band, I want you to come up as I get ready to close. David, King David, had a moment. And D David wasn't perfect, but David made a lot of good decisions. One of these decisions he made, in 1 Samuel 24, David had been told he would be the king of Israel. He was anointed as the king. He had slayed the giant Goliath. But at this point in his life, he was hiding in caves because his father-in-law Saul was jealous of him. His father-in-law Saul was the king of Israel at the time and didn't like how David was becoming more and more popular. So Saul chased him with spears all the way into these caves where he was hiding. And one day, King Saul happened to be coming through the cave he was in to use the bathroom, didn't know that David was in there. And all the men that were with David said, David, this is your moment, man. This is it. You can kill Saul and become the king that God called you to be. This is a divine God idea. And we read the story, David didn't do it. Why didn't David do what these men were telling him would be a great idea? Because David knew this. Even though the emotions were high, and man, when emotions are running high, self-deception is so easy to fall into. Right, when the emotions are high, but she's gorgeous, you know. He's so handsome. It looks so shiny, I want it, you know. The emotions are running high. It's easy to get self-deceived. But David cut through the fog of self-deception and he asked himself these three questions. One, does this violate the law of God? Well, yes, it does, because the law says you cannot kill the king of Israel. Okay, check. Does this violate a principle of God? Yes, because he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. So if I take Saul like this, who's to say someone won't come and take my kingdom the same way? And if the same God who put Saul in his place through his power, did it for him, God can put me in that place when it's his time in his way without me trying to intervene and make my kingdom happen in my way, my timing, my moment. And the third question he asked was, what kind of story do I wanna tell? What kind of story do you wanna tell? When you're faced with a decision and you don't know what to do, ask yourself, does this violate one of God's laws? Like one guy came to me and he said, Paul, I'm kind of praying about leaving my wife to go and uh, marry this other girl I've got, kind of been dating on the side. What do you think about that? And I was like, 
pretty sure the scriptures have already spelled out that you don't do that, you know? But for some reason, we get self-deceived because we're on a happiness quest instead of a wisdom quest. And we, and we go against what we know the Word of God has said. And then we come frustrated at God. God, why did you let this happen? Why are my kids mad at me? Why don't they respect me? And God's saying, I, I, I'll forgive you. I'll give you grace, but the consequences are still there. And you can't turn the hourglass and start all over again. I know you wish you could, but from this day forward, you can choose to let wisdom be a guide in your life. Let it be a compass. And so David asked himself, do I want to tell this story? Like imagine David's grandkids saying, Papa, Papa David, tell us, tell us about that one time. I mean, you're such a warrior. Tell us about that one time when you killed King Saul when he was using the potty. Tell us about it. You're such a warrior. That would be a sad story to tell. But instead, King David got to tell the story that in God's time, in God's way, God made it happen. What story do you want to tell? The second thing we can take from this verse, number one, submit to God and his wisdom. Number two, pay attention. Proverbs 5, verse 1 says, pay attention Pay attention to the wisdom of God. Pay attention to the instruction of God. Pay attention to where your feet are headed right now. And pay is connected to cost because whatever you pay attention to will cost you somewhere else. If you're paying more attention to work, it's costing you with family. If you're paying more attention to your marriage, it's costing you with maybe some relationships at the workplace that would like to flirt with you. If you're paying more attention with the flirty relationships at work, it's going to cost you in your relationship with your spouse. If you're paying more attention to your hobby, it's going to cost you with your time with your kids. If you're paying more attention to what you want to buy instead of saving so that you have enough down the road, it's going to cost you somewhere. And the wisest man in the world says, stop, pay attention. I want all the ladies in the house to say, stop. stop. Say, listen to, listen to me. You guys sound like you've said that before. <laughs> Come on, ladies, say it one more time. Stop. stop. Listen, to me. listen to me. This is what wisdom is crying in the streets. Wisdom is saying, stop, stop, stop. Please, please don't drive through that red light. Just listen, listen. There is trouble coming, but your best days are not behind you. They're still in front of you, but you've got to take the wisdom of God right now. Don't wait till it's too late. The good news is today, it's not too late. Today, if you'll hear the voice of God and hearken, He can save you. He can deliver you. He can help you in this new season, college students. He can set you up. Maybe you've just walked through a painful divorce and you're tempted to just jump into a quick relationship right now, whatever's available right now. But God's saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ask yourself these questions. Have you listened to the wisdom of God? Have you gone to the counsel of the word? Maybe you're tempted to immediately respond to someone who's hurt you. I remember one time someone had mistreated me, hurt me so bad. I, I was so angry. I wanted to cut that person off completely. Never wanted to talk to that person again. And here I was a Christian, but I was just frustrated in the moment. And I remember going to a counselor in my life, someone who was much older than me, who had walked through a lot more hurt and pain and offense than me. And they said, Paul, don't do it. Don't, don't burn that bridge. Don't do that. Don't hurt. Now, I know you've been hurt. But choose to take the path of wisdom. Remember what Joseph did. Remember what David did. He had a chance to kill the guy who hurt him. But he said, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Trust God that he's going to take care of it. Forgive that person. But I don't want to. But wisdom says to. Wisdom says to. I remember my senior year of high school singing this song. 
I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Every part of me in the heart of me is all yours. And search me, oh God, and know my every thought. Renew my mind. Take my life. I'm all yours. And look inside my heart. Remove every part that does not glorify you, Lord. I'm all yours. And I'm all yours. Every part of me, God. I'm all yours. Every part of me in the heart of me is all yours. Lord, my attitude, my emotions, my, my feelings, my frustrations, those secret sins, those things that nobody else knows about, Lord, I surrender to you. Because I don't want to walk down a path that I regret 20 years from now. Lord, I decide today to yield to you, to your wisdom. I decide today to pay attention to what you've put on my path. God, your destiny is more important than the momentary pleasures that you could get right now. Your destiny. Someone needs to hear this. I don't know who bought this CD, but I just sense someone's listening to this message. Maybe you're listening to the radio, and God's saying, please stop and listen to wisdom. Your destiny, your family, your legacy, your children, your future children are more important than this momentary pleasure right now. I want us to stand to our feet all over this room.